I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. Guys, remember, next week, the most requested pillar of 2019, Trisha Donio, will be on the show. And to kick off 2020, there's going to be a mystery guest to start off the year. My guest today is Dan Morrow. I'm literally doing this show so I can meet and talk to people like Dan Morrow. He's super cool. He's a career entertainer. He's made his money in the music industry. He makes movies about paranormal activity. Uh, I actually thought that uh, they were staged. I thought all these things were staged until I talked to him and realized he's for real. He's a true believer and you got to hear him talk about it. He also helped me make a real intro for this show that you'll hear right after this. And to finish it all off, he does a live performance at the end of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my new friend, Dan Morrow. You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sidetells. And you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here, right now. Straight up nominated by Pillar Ray Scipione. <laughs> I got the man here who has multiple talents. Welcome, Dan Morrow. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. If if Ray said, uh, if Ray recommended me, it's a it's a very big deal. Hello, it's good to be here. It is a big deal, two, right? Two, two, two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why it is that we do. Uh, we were talking just before the show started, just testing the mics, and I don't know why it's always like two, two. You, you, know, you I, always I say. I've two. never said the alphabet. I've never done anything other than just two. Yeah, you know, two, 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 one, two, testing one, two. Well, here you are a pro knowing how right. it goes, and I'm trying to like flip I'm with the switches, and I'm not even like doing the right microphone. So <laughs> there's the difference between me and you. No, no, I make I'm I'm always hitting the wrong buttons. <laughs> no doubt. Okay, mm -hmm. so it still happens even after all these years. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And how are you? Because uh, because I I told I I told Sam just before the show that I didn't want to talk to him at all because all the. I, I've done it, and sometimes you, you're meeting someone for the first time. You hit off, you hit it off immediately, and you have such great conversations while you're setting everything up, and it's it's spontaneous, and you're having these great conversations, but nothing's being recorded. But dude, did you see me? I totally messed up. You guys showed up, and I started blabbing right away. I can't oh, help no, myself. No, 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 that that's okay. No, that, that's okay. But then as, as I walked back in to get my notes, I realized I was like, oh, dang, I did it. No, 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 I didn't say anything. I was quiet. I noticed so that. So I did my part. Yes, you did. <laughs> I did and, it. And, and that's what you want. You want the guest to just be quiet. Just don't say anything. Hey, it takes just... two to tango. So nothing was said. In the end, nothing was said. <laughs> but man, something has to be said. I watched a video today about your performance, not a performance in front of a, a large audience or anything, uh, in front of an audience of one, as long as we're on the topic of it. Can you please explain what you did after Ray was in his accident and he was in his <laughs> hospital bed? I watched the video. It's, it's beautiful, man. Can you, what happened? That was just a spur of the moment thing. You know, we, we, we all have little little bits of depression and sadness and and just bad days and i i think i think if if you're laid up as as ray was he was in a uh, horrible accident and is miraculously just 
you know, doing what he's doing now, just walking around and, you know. Looking look, slim and Looking fit. slim, lucky to be walking, let alone just to be alive. I thought, you know, let, let me go say hi to him. Let me just go surprise him. And I'm sure he's getting a lot of people sending, sending him well wishes and sending him this and just visiting him. And I know he's a big Kiss fan. <laughs> so so I thought what better way to I really wanted to go overboard. I really wanted to go overboard because he happened to be at a place where I play. I used to play this this facility is the Bacharach Rehabilitation Center and I I would play it regularly to um to the residents there. So when I knew he was there, I knew that all I had to do was just walk in, bring my guitar and just go straight to his room so i decided to surprise him with a um with a song you know just just go in there and start start doing it they're toasting right now as, as i'm yeah as I'm did you hear those little pops yeah. so dan morrow does not partake i don't drink so he brought along someone so i wouldn't have i don't drink alone. I, I brought my drinker with me yeah i have a designated drinker yeah designated drinker who <laughs> the is beautiful a, wife karen yeah karen can we can we say her uh freel you're a freel are you really the sister of Kevin Friel? Yes. It's a very small town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Captain Hamilton is your brother. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Wow. Yeah, she made the cape. I made the cape. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah, bullets so bounce right off that thing, right? Yeah. So I figured there's no one more depressed than someone who's just laid up oh. and, and stuck in a room and having to be there. You know, just just having to be home on on a on a day off and you're bored. You know, your mind starts going nuts. But to be and to be home, recuperating from something, your mind has to be going off. But to be not home, to be in a hospital room, and you can't move because you got pins in your legs and and all kind of you know screws and you know bolts in you, and you, you can't do anything. I figured I I just show up. I'll bring the guitar and bust out in a kiss song and i was going to actually ask someone for their scrubs and try to show up in scrubs and just be dr love and and, and paint you know and just get a sharpie and put doc dr love you know it's one of the big kiss songs and and just just show up and uh start playing but i was i was starting i started playing in the hallway so he can hear the guitar and, and it was oh a, a, no way it was a familiar riff it was a it was a song called um hard luck woman and it opens up with a very signature riff and i was playing that riff and i knew he would get it in a, in an instant and as i walked closer his bed was closest to the door so he could see me so i i then i just kept playing and i just started singing right there you know and and it, it made his day we all need a Dan Morrow in our lives. Seriously, <laughs> no. I need someone rocking out at my bedside one day. That is so cool, man. That That's is... what happens. Yeah, she's sick, and I'll just start busting yeah. into Kiss songs. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I didn't know. See, the video only showed the song, which was incredible on its yeah. own. But the fact that you, on the outside of the room, played mm -hmm. a little intro into it. I just it. walked in and went ding, 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 ding. And, and he, his eyes just lit right up like, what's going on? Wow, and and I just I just came in and started doing it. That's and fantastic. I hadn't seen him. I didn't know what I was in for because I didn't know what what to expect. Nobody I didn't know did. the condition of him. Yeah, you know. Um, so I didn't know what to expect, and I expected just someone. I, I what I expected was much worse. I expected him to be quiet, just subdued, 
you know, maybe heavily medicated. I didn't know where, where he was physically or emotionally at that time. I just took a gamble. But he was he was wide awake. He was alert. He was just lit up. And then as soon as I came in, that just elevated his, made his day. So if I can make his day, you know, that, that much better, just do it. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, large, large crowds are awesome. Mm-hmm. But something like that, that sticks. That's yeah. special. It, it is. And, and it's one of those things where I myself, I have to go out of my comfort zone to do that. You know? What do you it, mean? Well, it, it, it's not in me to just say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, go, go to this hospital and just bring the guitar and start, start playing. You know, I'm shy. I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert in, in you some are. ways. So to do that, I have to leave my comfort zone. But it's, it's not a big leap, leaving, leaving my comfort zone to do that. But um, it, it's just taking that risk. And, and there's a lot of people that should take that risk and just take that. 100%. You know, there, there's, I didn't want it to be a would have, could have, should have thing. Because it sounded like something that w- was a good idea. But some people would just say, hey, that's a cool idea. You know, don't do that now, though. You don't want to bother him. Or, you know, I'll just wait till he comes home. But I didn't want that. I didn't want... You know, I took a gamble. If if it didn't pay off and I got kicked out, well, I at least I said, hey, when he gets better, I can say, hey, right, remember the time I crashed your your hospital room and I got kicked out, you know. But it's just so, I, I I just believe in not having regrets and just just doing stuff and and just taking a chance. And I, I took a chance on that. So are you always pushing yourself? Because you said you're an introvert. I try. But you're to. always on stage. I, I'm on stage, but I'm comfortable there. That that that's what I do, and I'm, mm. it, I'm not one to be dealing in, in in big conversations. You know, if you get me talking and get me comfortable and rambling, I won't shut up. But if you get, you know, but to break the ice and stuff, sometimes I'd just rather be playing. That's why I don't take breaks. Because mm. I'd rather just just be playing. I'll do my job. And then head home afterwards. Yeah. No, no after party. No meeting everybody. No, no, no. And it was never like that. You know, people would tell me all the time, "Man, I have a year live." When I was in rock bands, they'd be like, "Oh man, you must be, you must be having it made." I'm like, "No, I gotta go home and feed the dog." <laughs> you know, I, I, it, no, you it do just, have it made. Dan Morrow. It, it was not. I have it made now. No. I, okay. I, I'd like Dan's life. I am. Okay. Dan right let's now. let's let's get into that. But let's start at the beginning. So mm-hmm. how did it? How did your love for music start so much so that you were eventually going to become this musician that you are today? I I just have a good retention for memory. Uh, I just have a good memory retention for lyrics. And it just started, my dad just started playing music. And there was always music being played in the house. What kind of music was he just, listening just, to? Well, my mom would listen to, at the time, it was w, WFIL. And it was just top 40 of, of the day in, in the early 70s. So, you know, it, it's the bubblegum music, it's, it's the Eagles, it's, it's what was going on now, it's the television shows at Any the time. Any rock and roll, like Aerosmith? Was Aerosmith no. doing? No, no, no that didn't come into my t- until my teen years. Okay. But up until then, it was just, it was that era of music. And my first foray into what a real rock band does, and, and living together, and, and performing together, was the Monkees. <laughs> Wait a minute, that was your first... That was it. But you know? aren't they like known as like the beginning of really staged musicians, really like put together by the man to make money? They, they, you could consider them the first boy group. Okay. Because they were, they were assembled. They were, um, 
In fact, Mickey Dolenz, the drummer from The Monkees, uh, he said the best way to describe us is by watching the film Galaxy Quest. These were where Galaxy Quest is a story about. It's a movie about these people who were in this you know quasi Star Trek kind of show, and they're at a convention, and they played these people on a spaceship, and all of a sudden this alien lands and says, you know, you need to save us, and we've you know seen all your episodes and you have to <laughs> save us, and there are these actors that uh -huh. had to become real starship you know pilots and and stuff, and and Dave. Mickey Dolenz and Davy Jones are like, well, we were hired actors. We knew what the deal was. But the machine got a hold of it, and it became bigger than ever, anything we expected. And we became a real band so how from did, of it. Okay, and so, so because so of... So watching, watching acts like the Monkees and just listen to those songs and what my mom was listening to, my dad was listening to country and oldies, and he was raising me on Elvis... Mm. And he, he was just, he was, ironically, it's kind of the same thing I'm, I was going through. You know, I was raised where my dad worked at, at the house. My mom went out to work. So my dad was always home. But I thought your dad, I, I've been doing my research mm -hmm. for you. I thought he was out and about painting like the whole town. He was, he was. But in my early years, in, in the 70s, we lived in this small apartment in in Hamilton on Bellevue, okay, and later moved on to uh, Passmore and Grand in, in a house, and he would just always have songs going on, and sometimes he'd sit with me, and I remember when I was like three or four years old, he'd sit with me, and he'd tell me the story as it's going along. There was a song called Teen Angel by a guy named Mark Denning, I think it was cut in '56 or '57, and it it was just a typical. They were called tear jerkers at the time. They were just made to make girls cry. And there was a bunch of songs like this at the time. There was one called Tell Laura I Love Her, The Leader of the Pack. It, all these stories in which um, someone dies. You know, the two lovers are, are broken up because someone dies at the end. And that breaks up the, the love affair. And he was explaining things to me. And he says, okay, in, in this part of the song, she died. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. And then he'd play an Elvis tune. And I'd hear Elvis. And it was Heartbreak Hotel. And he's like, well, since my baby left me. Mm -hmm. And in, in the song, if you listen to the song, what you're hearing is Elvis singing and a lot of studio effects on his voice to make it sound like he's in an echo chamber. Mm. So it's, and that, that's called mm. the delay. Well, I thought that's how the man talked. You know, it, was, it sounded like a robot. How old were you? I was like three. Okay. I was, I was either three or four because I yeah. knew, you know, when, it's, when I recall these memories, they're so vivid, and I'm in my apartment, and I know we moved out of there when I was four or five. So I know I was like three or four. And strangely enough, to make a long story short, my, I would remember all these songs and go to my grandfather's and just recite them. And I had been learning unintentionally sequentially of the history of rock and roll i wasn't just thrown into music you know my mom would play the top 40 stuff that was going on but my dad would play his stuff and his was bill haley and the comets and chuck berry and little richard so i was learning all this stuff about the 50s and early 60s with motown and the temptations so by the time i was seven eight years old 
there was a, I had, we were visiting my aunt in Waterford and we just left the house and there was a commercial on the radio for uh, the new Broadway show Beatlemania and in it the tagline was it's not the Beatles but it's an imper- it's a perfect Im- uh, replication of it really or, they or couldn't something. do better than that it, it's, it's a perfect simulation <laughs> okay. of the Beatles and I said what are the Beatles and that just opened up everything it just made me love these songs I'd go home I wouldn't do my homework I'd get my tennis racket out and pretend I had a guitar. How did you hear the songs? I had, I had my my mom pulled up, pulled out all the records. Okay, she had the records. Yeah, once I got into the Beatles, yeah, I, I just started listening. And throughout elementary school, they they would have a. I went to Hamilton Elementary, and and throughout the, um, I guess my tenure, if you want to call it that, you know, but. You always had lunch at the cafeteria, and there was always a, a piano in the cafeteria because that's where they would have the plays mm. as, as well. And I just, it just said, play me. You know, I kept looking at this piano. I'm like, you mean it was like calling to you? Yeah, I'm like, I want to play this thing. It looks easy. I want to play this. And it, nothing, you know, the, you know, we can't let the kids touch the piano. Don't touch the piano. Oh, you know. Oh, that's not nice. No, and I, I remember Miss <laughs> Vansel had a piano. I'm like, can I just touch something on the piano? And Are we giving a shout-out to Miss Vansel? Props up to Miss Vansel. Two, we got two fans in this room. All right. <laughs> so I finally went to my, my aunts who had a piano, my aunt and uncle, and I just sat there and busted out Chariots of Fire. To, to as best as I could do it in what limited vocabulary of music I, I had. You know, I knew I'd need two hands to do something. And I just ding, 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 and the bass line, and that was it. And this was the moment. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I touched the piano, I was like, I was playing it. You know, I, I, my parents bought me a guitar like when I was 10. I, I picked it up, I strummed it, they said, well, let's go, let's take some lessons. I'm like, okay, I'll play guitar, I'll be a rock star. I see you brought one with you today. I brought one with me, this is Marty. Is Marty going to be uh, willing to come out of his shell today? Yeah, Mar- Marty will come out, him and Candace. All right, I look forward yes. to that. They, they, they stay in there together. <laughs> so I, I took lessons for like a week, I went to a place called Music America, which, which was right on Bellevue at the time, there was this music store. And there was this old guy named Joe. He had hair, hair, dark hair out of his ears. And, 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 We're and, not shouting out to Joe. No, no shout out to Joe. This old man. He he's was, listening right he now, was, guys. Oh, I'm sure he's long gone. But God bless him. So he, he sent, um, he would always send me home with this little notebook that I would have to learn. You know, A, E, D, B. And here I am. And uh, can we cuss on this show? I'll, We've never really I'll, established I'll, anything. I'll, if you're going to cut it out, then I won't bother doing it. I'll kind of like bleep it. Yeah, it, it, I'll save you the editing. And Thanks, I brother. No, I appreciate <laughs> that. Right. Thank you. It's right. a family show. Okay, I get yeah. it. I get it. I get it. People want to hit their kids to hear Mr. Sam. You mm-hmm. know, so I understand. What, what are you going to do? Yeah, let's, let's hear Mr. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I'm, it's Saturday. And I have homework for my guitar. And it didn't make sense. I have to do this. <laughs> and I hated school. 
I hated, you know, and in all mm. fairness, I hated elementary school. Yeah. You know, it, it set a bad tone in my, in, in me. It just a me bad too. taste in my mouth. Kindergarten was great. And then they, they do a bait and switch on you in first grade, you know. Oh, where you got real work. Yeah, now you got to sit at the desk. What do you mean I can't go on the floor? What, what do you mean I can't play with the sticks right We're now? circle time? Yeah. yeah. What happened here? Yeah. We, and it only got worse. You're a circle time fan? Yeah. Oh, time. you would love my school. Yeah. Circle time yeah. on the reg. Circle time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, by the time middle school came, I didn't care anymore. And I knew I didn't want to go to college and stuff. And I, so I, I just... Did you do your guitar homework, though? No. No. Oh. I said, this is homework. I don't want it. So I didn't even bother playing guitar anymore. I said, just pack it up. I went for two weeks. And my dad said, you, you, you like this? I said, no. Okay, don't do it. And I, don't th- I think for him, it was like, look, I don't have to take you now. <laughs> but for you, do you, for it. do you think that, they, that the teachers did the wrong approach with you? Or he was did. It just he who did, because I can give lessons now and actually give, give a student progress. Okay. You know, the, the, the question is, do they want to be a musician or do they want to play the guitar? You know, if, if they want to be a trained musician, you know, go to a trained professional. If they want to play guitar, which is what I wanted to do, I wanted to be the life of a party. I I wanted a way to get out of my shell. I wanted a way for for the girls to see me at at, at in school. It's like oh, that that's quiet Dan. We never heard a word out of him, and now he's singing and playing guitar. Is that one of the main reasons you did? Is to get girls? No, the main reason why why you <laughs> a do lot it. of people do that. No, no. The main reason to do it is absolutely to get girl. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously you love music. And, no, um, I, I wanted to just do something. I wanted to show everybody that I wasn't a quiet kid. So so I didn't want to learn ding, ding, ding. I didn't want, I'm, that's my feet squeaking. I didn't want to learn, you know, scales and but stuff. But what's the that difference a between a musician and a guitar well, player? Well, I, I mean, technically, technically it's the same. But if you want to be a trained musician and you want to master it, don't come to me. But if you want to know songs and play songs, you know, I, okay. I, I'm the guy. I can, you can leave in two, in, in two lessons knowing songs. Yeah, that's what I wanted. You know what? That's what I wanted when I was a kid. I was try- my instructor was teaching me, you know, Mary had a little lamb, these little strings, mm-hmm. this string there. You got to memorize this. If I had someone who would just teach me a couple chords and how to play Wild Thing. My that's fr- it. I would have stuck with it. And with those three chords... You could literally play a hundred songs. I rock out with five chords, man. That's I am not need. a musician, but I have some fun with my students That's in the guitar. June 1977, Elvis gave his last concert, one of his last concerts in, in Portland, Oregon. And it was filmed for, for a CBS special. And he says, just, just before he goes into his next song, you know, he says, I only know three chords. And he did. He only knew, like... Um, E, A, and D, and stuff, and and knowing this, I would look back at his like the comeback specials from 1968 and stuff, and he's playing the same chords over and over. No G, no G. In I don't there. even think he d- he did G, maybe B. I'm a better guitar something. player than Elvis Presley. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it it, but that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to pick up the guitar and play. Mm. You know, and I I saw that this was work, and I didn't want want the work. And the piano, you know, I was getting yelled at by this old man with the hairy ears. He'd say, no, hold the pick like this. And it's structured. You had to hold the guitar a certain way. You had to hold the pick a certain way. 
it's incredible how a music way. teacher can make or break a musician yeah. in their very early yeah. years. But guess what? All I had to do was like, boom, on a piano, and I made a tune. You know, if, if, you're, if your finger was in a certain way on the guitar, it doom. Yeah. You know, <laughs> down, ding, doom. Yeah. But because you didn't hold the pick right, there's a lot more involved. If you just hit a piano with two fingers, boom, you got oh, a chord. That's interesting. Yeah. So it was easier for me to do that, and I just wound up doing that. So that's what I did. And it wasn't until later where the guitar started calling me. Yeah. And I was getting the same vibe from the piano that I was from the guitar. I think it took that long to walk away from something to see, to, to start getting a better vocabulary in music on the piano to see how the guitar could make sense to me now. And even though they're two totally different instruments, I felt confident enough that I'd want to learn the guitar. And I, strangely enough, I saw a, the making of Back to the Future in, in the early 80s. And they showed Michael J. Fox playing the, the first part of Johnny B. Good. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was practicing and had a Walkman on. Now, he doesn't do it on the record, and he's not playing it on the movie. But his fingering is on spot. Because, is it really? Because the camera had to be on him for that part, ah. just for that opening part. And then as it pulls up, he, he'll just vamp and do whatever he wants. So he played that little riff on, on, you know, while practicing, and he made it look easy. And I'm like, well, Michael J. Fox can do <laughs> you know, I want a guitar for Christmas. And I, I got know. a guitar for Christmas, and I, I, I learned within you know, the, the year of how to, make, how to make music. I never, I, I, I learned very crudely, just, just, you know, from... And this was before YouTube. Oh, yeah. You were just going to say so that? So before YouTube. Boom. I was just going to say before YouTube. I, and I, I got to learn all my chords because... that's I, how I learned. I, I, I would, I would pl pluck a string, and the same thing I did with a, a piano, I would try to find a, a note that would harmonize with the other note. So this note harmonizes with this note and this note. And here I was playing a, you know, a third and a fifth. I was playing chords. I just didn't know what they were called. I didn't know they were called really? chords. Really? Yeah, I had no, wow. no knowledge of music whatsoever. Wow. So I didn't even know they were called chords. I called them notes that could harmonize. So when I had the guitar, Whoa. I would just strum and try to find, try to put my finger on another note that would make that string harmonize. If I didn't decide... I five six years ago I decided to start learning, but YouTube was around, so chords was instantly in my vocabulary. You right. didn't have access to any of that stuff. No, just figuring it out on just your own. Old school figuring it out. Old school. Old school. No, you guys it out. are definitely not old. And then, Wait, how old are you guys? You guys seem really young to me. You guys can't be much older well, than me, Karen right? Karen is twenty something, and yeah, I'm right. forty something. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I wish. Uh, so okay, uh, we have to take a commercial break. I want to sure. go all into how you got into the music business because it's not even just playing shows you're recording albums you're also making insane videos about paranormal activity <laughs> paranormal activity and the jersey devil real science uh, uh, i don't want to say the wrong call thing it real science we're gonna find out what you call it soon because i'm very curious the check that. cash that was good <laughs> you may know him from the reed preschool video the video that got six thousand views i hired the perfect person for the job john bradley what's up brother hey i'm john bradley 
I run a company called Bradley and Company. I do photo and video specializing in promotional videos for small business. John Bradley, how do they contact you? You can visit my website at www.itsbradleyandcompany.com. No, it's, it's Bradley and Co. Is <laughs> you just leave that in there. <laughs> you can add me on Instagram at it's Bradley and Co. I love this. Just hit record, he says. So recapping, we forgot everything we were talking about. <laughs> Dude, you're such a pro, man. <laughs> I'm like, should we talk about this? What did we talk about? I don't know. He's like, just hit record. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it, it'll just keep moving. Yeah. So, okay, you you became a huge lover of music, and you mm-hmm. became a musician I, yourself. I got into music and started playing the music. And, you know, one thing led, led to another, and I, I got fluent with the guitar. I got good at the guitar i'm not really fluent with the guitar but um i got good enough to get my point across and i've always said uh i've always described myself that way as as far as a musician i'm good enough to get my point across like if i'm going to sing and i can play good enough on the guitar to accompany me but if if you need to hire a lead guitar player for for a recording session i'm not the guy you want you know I can find I can come up with a lead, but it will take me some time to figure one out. I don't have that you know vast vocabulary of of leads and and licks and all kind of riffs to uh, to just come out and okay. just do a song. So, but what do you mean by get the point across? I'm asking as I'm entertaining myself. Uh, I've entertained myself just with okay. chords. Yeah. What kind of point are you trying to get across when you play? I'm I'm not going to be Liberace if I'm going to sit at the piano. You know, Billy. If you listen to a Billy Joel song or an Elton John song, there's there's a lot of stuff going on with those pianos as, as they're singing. You know, the, the pianos are doing a, a, a lot on, underneath as as well. If you listen to Let It Be, McCartney knows enough to just get his point across. He's just playing the chords to to the song. He he's not, you know, and he won't in any stretch of the word admit that. He, or you know, say he's a virtuoso of the piano. He, he's he's not, but he knows enough about, about about the piano to get his point across, to get the song across, you know, to give the song just what it needs. Still known as one of the best songs of all time. Yeah, but but that's how it is with 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 the way he plays. He he knows enough. You listen to a song like Imagine, John Lennon's the same way. He knows enough to just you know he's not doing anything phenomenal. With, with the piano, but he's keeping it simple and effective, and he's playing to his ability. You know, he's not, he's not trying to, to be a virtuoso. If you, if you listen to someone, you know, like a Ben Folds or, or Billy Joel or Aunt John, there's a lot going on on the piano between, you know, just even between uh, the verses. There's just a lot going on. So, yeah, I, I, I know enough to, to interpret the song for you. Where if I sit at the piano, I can play the chords in a, in a way that you know that song. Yeah, and, and the same thing with the guitar. You know, I can strum it, it, it just... So what about your own music, though? Because mm-hmm. you have, am I right, three albums? I think so. Three or four. <laughs> three or four. I, 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 did I saw a, you started I, young. I did, a, I did a few that I never released. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what is the point you're trying to get across with those? You know, at, at one time... You, you start the album, every time you start a new album, you, you start it with a vision and the idea of affecting people. And I think that's me in a nutshell. I like to affect people. I, I, I want to 
get a reaction from them. You know, because there, there are certain people that give me a reaction. You know, it, it, as, as a musician, I'd, I'd want to make a song that you would cherish forever or, you know, that would affect you the way it affects me if I hear a Beatles song. If, if I was going to make a film, I want it to either enlighten you or affect you in a way as the film JFK did for me when, when I first saw that film. You know, or, you know, to excite me the way like a Smoking the Bandit did. Right. Did, so each one of me. these songs you're writing. So, so you, you write these with, with this idea that, that you're going to, you know, uh, affect the world or, or you know, make, make a statement yeah. in a way. Where, you know, and sometimes I, I don't want to waste my time writing because I know it's not going to make any money. I know it's not going to get me into a stadium but something says this needs to be put out you have to just say this and and do this and i do and i wind up being proud of of the final outcome and i and when i do write an album the last one i wrote was years ago maybe three or four or five years ago and i was so impressed with it and with each album i did i would go back to the very first songs I ever did on cassette and I had them on CD like songs I did with a Casio keyboard and stuff and I would listen to that one and I would A-B it you know I would listen to this and then well let me hear the B one let me hear my new one uh-huh. you know and, and go back and forth just to hear how much I've grown you know not, not just as a writer but for me as an engineer because that was a real big deal. You know, I go back to those songs when I was little, and I would get so upset. And I, I remember letting my mom hear stuff, and I, and let my cousin hear a song, and I would just break up the cassette out really? of frustration. Yeah, I, I would hear a Carpenter song, and when when you would hear Karen Carpenter sing, she had this beautiful reverb on her voice, made her sound like she was in this you know lush room. You know, her voice just lasted forever, had this nice echo and this nice reverb. I didn't know what that was. I thought she just walked into a bathroom, you know, a room <laughs> with the, those, those kind of acoustics and just did that. You know, but now I know that you can sing very flat, you know, not tonal flat, but just very in a dead room. And that's added to the voice later. And it's called reverb. And now I know this. And now I know how to get the exact type of reverb. But back then, when I was 17, 18, there was nothing. There, there was nothing. There, there weren't even books on it because I didn't know what to look for. You know, I couldn't look up reverb and how to do it and, and use it because I didn't even know that's what it was called. So I would always go back to the first songs, the first few songs I did, and then... One of the songs that I did like maybe five years prior and then my most recent one and just just hear the growth in quality mm. and um, m- more than the songs itself, I was just so impressed of what I was able to accomplish because for the first time, what I heard in my head, I can actually put on tape mm. and and that was a real big deal for me and I, I kind of feel like I'm at the point now where oh, I did that now. So I, <laughs> so what's so what's next? So nothing. So, so you know, 
Wait, does that mean it's over? Or does that I mean it's know. just beginning? I had, I, I think it's in a standstill now. I, I think I'm satisfied. Okay. I'm satisfied with the point that I know that I can do that yeah. if I want to. Yeah. You know, and, and there's times where I'd want to, and I'm doing it for other people now. You know, um, I did a thing for, for Tony Luke Jr., he, and, and I produced a song for him. And it was, it was a, re- a rendition of a Bob Dylan song called Make You Feel My Love. And I, I added strings, and I, I really made it, gave it a nice arrangement. And we actually wound up using that same arrangement, that same backing track, for um, our wedding song. Me and Karen actually went to uh, Tony Luke's studio in, in, at his place and redid the song with our vocals. <laughs> so when we danced... Wait, at, you sing? She sings like a Karen, butterfly. can you just scoot a little closer? We, I mean, we talk about you enough. It's she's just like... Got, she's got a cold now. I have a but cold. I, okay. So I sound like I s- swallowed a squeak toy. Wait, you, are, you're a singer? I sing... Yeah, I'm not a singer. I don't do what he does for a living. No. But do you guys yes. enjoy each other's voices? Yes. I love her voice. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love her voice. Yeah. yeah. And I love it now because she's got a cold. I got the rasp. So I told her, look, oh. I'll, look yeah. I'll make you start smoking just to keep that rasp. <laughs> you can start rocking yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love her voice. It's yeah. just something, there's a, a certain Do you guys have a favorite song you guys do together? No, it's usually just California Dreaming because it's the only one we know. <laughs> That's all you need. No. I'll go, all the leaves are brown, and then she knows her part. <laughs> <laughs> but I sing every single, like, I... She sings along with I me. sing along with him, even though I'm not, like, on the mic. I sing She's seen enough him. of the shows and, yeah. and heard enough of the... Uh, yeah. That the sounds repertoire. fun. That sounds like a fun thing for a married couple to do. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're not making money off it, making the albums, mm-hmm. you're just getting uh, personal satisfaction, you're getting it out. Um, what is it? How do you make your living through music? I make my living playing. Let me, let me see how I can word this. Doing my personal rendition of the songs that, of, doing my signature rendition of the songs that you love and know. <laughs> so I play covers. <laughs> <laughs> so and and that's it. I I I make I play cover Where music. Where do you you do you play all over? I play yeah. Well actually that's I've been lucky with over the past 20 years I've I've played about four different rooms. Which is very lucky for a musician because you're always trying to find an, a room to play in. And I've been very fortunate to find venues and establishments that don't want to lose me. Yeah, you know, it's long term. I I've, I've been in one place for 20 years, almost 20 years. Whoa. And wow. Yeah, and I I've just I've just become a fixture there and I I know how how rare that is. And I I know how lucky I am to do that, but I also know and it it's not an egotistical thing. I know I'm good enough to do that. You know, I'm I've heard you. You definitely are. Thank you very much. But it, it's a product. You know, I'm Dan Morrow, and my product is the show I'm going to give you. And it's going to be a damn good show. You know, I'm going to sing songs and sound just like the artist. You're going to think Neil Diamond is in the room. You're going to think, and you're also going to think Robert Plant is in the room. 
and you're going to hear Zeppelin stuff, and you're going to hear Elvis and think he's in the room. I'm gifted with a voice that can mimic other artists. Really? And, and that's where I stand out. I was really, when I listened to your rendition of The Piano Man, and I saw you rocking the harmonica and playing the piano in that video. That'd be pretty good, huh? Dude, I was saying to him, I knew you were going to do a performance here for me, and I was like, man, I wish I had a piano in this little shed of mine. <laughs> and a harmonica. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of the great things that happens is when you fail. You know, um, and I, I failed a lot, and I, I've... I've been told I was a failure. What do you mean? And well, just just in 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 general, you know, you're told you're not good enough for something, or you're not good enough for this. And me, in my case, I was told I wasn't. I didn't have what it took to be a singer. And those are things that I think people need. You, you need yes. to have that, you know, moment in your life where someone kicks you in the teeth, and you're like, mm -hmm. I'm going to show them. You know, I'm 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 going to show them. So mm -hmm. I did everything I could. To just not only have them have what they said drive me, but they were driving me to a to a a goal that I wanted to achieve in the first place. Isn't it funny how people can say you're not a good enough singer? How could anyone say I, your singing's not good enough? No, it wouldn't. You know, it, it's more than up to par right now. It's in fact, it's the best. I've ever been. I locally. heard it, and it's good. And, it's really and I, good. I know there. It does bother me to know that there's there are lesser qual. There there are horrible singers out there, but some some people, you know, I can blow the doors off David Lee Roth, but I'm not David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth he, is a um, package. He's a personality. He's dude. He's, I listened to an interview with him recently. He is. A very true. You talking about you're an introvert. He's a unique, he is a true, true extrovert. Like I'm an extrovert, but he is a true. Extrovert. He was born to be on that stage. Yes, one hundred percent. And as great as Eddie Van Halen is, is as much as of a guitar god he is, without David Lee Roth at that time, he would just be a really flashy guitar player in a in a band. But Dave Lee Roth just made that band, you know, a, so many people can sing better than him, but they cannot he, perform. No, he like is the man. such an outgoing. I don't want to ask you about personality that. Personality and performer. How do you feel about that? Because here's the thing, man, and it's, I, I feel weird saying this to you, no. but I do guitar in front of my whole camp and I'll do like five chords and the way I do it, because I used to be a pro wrestler, I'm in front of people all the time. I'm not a talent. I have no musical talent, but I get the people on their feet and they're going wild. But the minute you pick up a guitar and can play a note, you have talent. Because there's people that say, I wish I could do that. I wish, I've had, when I was, I remember being 17 years old and a man coming up to me, this old biker gang member dude with a beer saying, you can sing and play at the same time, here. And I don't drink, but I drank, I drank that beer. <laughs> He's a scary man. That's what I had to say to you <laughs> to get you to have a beer with me. Yeah, you know, but I, you know, there are so many people who wish they had just the ability. You'd be amazed how many people don't even have the rhythm, and or just don't even have the tone. That they don't have it at all. You know, so for you to even do that, you know, I didn't even want. I, well, I didn't mean to interrupt want, you no, with your story. But I want to ask you something. Yeah. So how does it feel to you knowing that someone like me could pick up 
five chords after practicing for X number of hours and then put on a show for the kids that are flipping out where little kids are coming up to me and saying, you're such a good guitar player. Well, you, you know, are. But yeah. I'm not. No, I'm not a good guitar player. To those little kids, you are? I am to those little kids. They think I rock. And, and, and it's all relative. You know, it is all relative, you, isn't it? It, it? To a little kid, if you pick up a guitar, you look amazing. To someone who doesn't play guitar, you look amazing. The problem is when you start to be very good at guitar and you see people that you idolized and you, you can start to read through them now. Mm. You know, like like I love Chuck Berry. He's 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 a god. He's he's amazing, but he had the same songs over and over. He just changed the words. It was the same Chuck Berry leads. It was the same Chuck Berry things. He, he was he was limited to his style. It, it was called his style. But there comes a point where you other people. I'm not. I'm still not good enough to be a Chuck Berry. But I see. How much more simpler or how much mm. more easier it seems. I, I can understand him now. Yeah. You know, doing a song like, like playing a song like Let It Be, and I'm looking at McCartney. I remember going to school, and they used to air Let it, the film Let It Be on, uh, on Showtime back in the 80s. And I'm thinking, wow, man, these guys are virtuosos, you know, musically. Like, they're amazing. And now being able to do what he does... And I'm not in any way saying I'm as good as McCoy. You know, the, these were guys that were on another level. But I can play what he's playing now. That yeah. I love that. If if someone comes up yeah. to you and, and says, "Wow, you're amazing," it's because you are, and and to them you are, and to your patrons you are, in 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 whatever band you're in, and to your following you you are. It you is know. a damn shame that my show is only an hour. I could talk with I could talk I'll have four to come hours. Back. Yeah, for sure. Um, we do have to move on, but let me tell you something. Um, like I said, I'm not talented with music, uh, but I know you do film. I know you do music. Mm -hmm. I have done stunts. I've been in front of a million audiences. If you ever need someone to do anything, you can always be like, hey, Sam, can you do this? And I'll be like, Psh. well, you're a former wrestler. I think me playing and you doing like some kind of dive on fire. It wouldn't be the first time uh, in New York City. There was a band. I didn't do fire. Okay. Well, <laughs> but uh, but me and the bassist. I'll work you through it. Yeah, dude. Uh, me and the bassist had a. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> but let's talk now about yeah. uh, your other. Uh, I think you want to get into this paranormal thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. I did. I was watching Ghost Hunters one day and. There was there was a scene where they're saying, "Oh my God, look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Oh my God, look at that!" And the camera is on them pointing, <laughs> and I'm I'm screaming at the camera. I'm screaming at the camera. Turn turn the camera around. Yep. And you know, I I, I can get just as, as riled up watching that as I could with the Eagles. I'll be screaming at the television, you know, and I'm saying, "Because you know the, the tricks, around. right?" Well, no, I'm just saying, turn the camera around, please. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. I can I can do this better. I'm going to do this better. So I, I decided I'm going to make my own film. And whatever happens, happens. So I, I went online. I found a bunch of uh, sites that were supposedly haunted locations. And I called each one. I made a list and called each one. Because if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And my whole life has always been like that. Uh, Wayne Gretzky says, y you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. 
So I'm always taking those risks. Like like I, I, I said earlier, you, you just, you know, leave your comfort zone for a little bit instead of living with the would-ofs and should-ofs and could-ofs. Love it. So I, I call up this one place, the Burlington County Prison Museum. It's it's in Mount Holly. And I say, listen, I'm, I'm a paranormal enthusiast, but I'm also a filmmaker. I'm a local guy, and I like to do a documentary in... In, in your prison, I can have a small group of people. We can examine the place, see if it's haunted. And if it is, I can put all this stuff on DVD. Real quick, mm-hmm. scale from 1 to 10, how much of a real enthusiast were you? 20. 20. <laughs> yeah, because I, I still you am. You really were, man. Oh, conspiracies. I thought you were, I thought no. you didn't, you just wanted to make a movie about no, it. You no. were for real. Conspiracies, you know. All right. From, from Roswell to Bigfoot. I don't think a day goes by where I'm not talking about or looking at some kind of UFO article or. or oh, you're ghost all thing about or, it. They said, sure. You know, I figured I had a whole script laid out for them too, so I could answer any question they might come up with. So I, I would answer things before they'd even ask me a question. So I said, well, one of my goals is, it's my understanding you guys have a gift shop and stuff. So one of my goals is to actually make a DVD to sell at your place and some of the proceeds can go help pre- preserve, that go to the preservation of your establishment. And they were all for that. So sure enough, I, I, grabbed, a, I grabbed a ragtag group of, of dear people that How I know. How do you find these people? I watched the trailer. People you know, watch it, this it, it, trailer. Par- it's- paranormal stuff is, is one of those things where once it became... At, once it got out of the, you know, people were in the closet about it, you know, but once the Ghost Hunters and all these shows came out, more and more people were opening up. And oh, the, people well, believe in that stuff. But come on, man, those shows. I Dude, went that there. gizmo that you used in the trailer, that mm-hmm. little boop, boop, boop. Yeah, boop. the EMF detector. Uh-huh. What's yeah. up with that thing? Okay. Let's we get are, real. We are in the Mount Holly Museum. They shut all the electric down. They shut everything down. So now I just got cameras running. I have digital recorders and i have cassette recorders running and then we just go from one room to another and see if we we sense anything i i split how does this machine work it detects electromagnetic frequencies so if i put it up against you you have a freezer right here in the corner of your room if i put it up against there it'll start going up it detects electromagnetic frequencies how does that make what does that have anything to do with the paranormal they believe um that apparitions and and some spiritual energy contains electric magnetic fields they believe that yeah okay and and i believe it too so all of a sudden it starts going crazy and then starts answering my questions this is totally legit this whole film was totally legit really yeah absolutely 100 percent legit and when i when i got the uh recorders back i i had to this is what sucks about paranormal you know research you know you'll have five cameras set up you'll have five recorders set up and you'll stay there for five hours so you have for each camera five videotapes each camera five videotapes yeah you got to go through all this stuff sounds fun it's not you know exactly so I'm sitting there with, with the recorder listening to playback, and I'm laying down, and I hear this voice say, Don't you bother me. And I'm like, wait, this sounds awesome. Let me rewind this. Don't you bother me. And I'm like, that's a voice. 
Now it's just the five of us in this building. The building was so small that I had to have people on the very top floor on the east wing and people on the very bottom floor in the west wing, and we could still hear each other. I also had this particular recorder where this voice was coming from. I had it with a, a video camera. And there was a, just down the hall was another recorder, another camera. So for as loud as this was, everything should have got it. And it was only on that one recorder. And is that the big thing? Is that the biggest thing you caught during your time there was hearing this voice that couldn't have been captured by anybody else? We, we got that. And then we got the EMF detector answering our questions. It, it, it led me, it, it kind of, I was, I said, I was given it questions that it could answer, like either go off or don't go off. Yes or no. So I said, uh, did you die here? It starts going crazy. I, I go, uh, do you want us to go somewhere? Yes. Okay. <laughs> do you want me to go straight? Goes off. We walk. Okay. We come to a, a, uh, uh, an area where we can either go up the stairs or down the hall. So I said, do you want me to go down the hall? Doesn't do anything. I said, you want me to go up the stairs? It starts going nuts. So we go up the stairs. And then it stops. Like it, it, like it kicked us out. So... So I'm mad now because it's not responding to me anymore. And I feel like I've just been duped by, by some kind of ghost, you know, playing a trick on me. It, it led me out of the room, which incidentally was not too long after I got the EMF, uh, the EVP, which is called uh, Electric Voice Phenomenon, that I got the Don't You Bother Me voice. So I came rushing de back downstairs. I said, you trying to kick me out? And I went back downstairs, and I couldn't, I couldn't get past the bottom step. What do you mean you couldn't get past I, the bottom it, step? It, it felt as if someone was just pushing me back. It, it was kind of like... Like two hands? No, it, it, it felt more like... What? If, if you ever leaned against a bouncy house or something, just something that just <laughs> presses on your body. And, and you're and trying just, to break through, I, and you I can't could, break through. I couldn't it. even go down, so I, I just walked back up. The hairs on my, on my arms were standing up. So we went back in August later that year, and we had another investigation. Uh -huh. And I, I had two girls, part of the team, they walked out of this hallway, and this thing started flying behind them. And, and it looked like a large butterfly or a large moth or something, but it was smoky and you could see through it. And then it comes back. And my friend Joe, who's filming, he, he sees it on the camera. And he didn't see it leave, but he sees it coming in. And it starts floating and just dissipates in the floor. And, and he's following it. So, you know, that was probably, the, those were the, probably the coolest things we got. And I sent it to everybody I could think of. When I made the final thing, I, it was called ESP, Event Supernatural. And it was going to be part of a volume of discs of DVDs that I would make. Oh, really? Yeah. I, what I, happened? I, I was serious about this. And the very first one I made and I, I designed it, it was beautiful. It had the artwork and then you opened it up and it had, uh, looked like a journal. And you'd open up the journal and it had the line pages, but everything was written down, the list, list of equipment we were using, the list of cameras, the, the people who participated on, in the investigation. It was really done up nice and I was really proud of it. And it got into the hands of, of this company in Hollywood and they said let us distribute this this for you 
can you add an extra 15 minutes and we'll we'll get it in the stores and we'll get it all over the place for you like yeah yeah let, let, let's do it i don't care i'm broke <laughs> you know and when they re they repackaged it and everything and it, it looked so sensationalized and it just looked like something from the National Enquirer. Oh, and, no. and you opened it up, oh, and no. it, was, it was just printed on, on like a. It was just. It, it, it was such an inferior product to what I originally made. <sighs> but I wanted to make more because he said, just make more. Are you going to make more? Well, I made more. I made two more things. I made a thing about uh, the Jersey Devil, and I did, I did a documentary called Alien Mind Control. Right, right. And. The alien one, I just wound up interviewing people, and it's just basically their interviews, you know, with, with uh, some graphics. Yeah. The, uh, the Jersey Devil one, I really wanted to take a serious look at, and I called up the mayor of Port Republic. I said, if you, I emailed him. I said, I'm doing a documentary. They say, you are the go-to guy about the Jersey Devil. I'd love to hear more about it. I'd love to film you if if possible, I'm a local filmmaker. You know, and I, I, I forget his name, Greg, Greg Gibraltar. I, Why, I, I dude? Why the Jersey Devil? Why not? I, <laughs> I can, I can do. Um, he's asked me to do paranormal films. You know, and, and by the way, can I do a, just a quick shout out because sure. he's my boy, former pillar or current pillar. Once a pillar, always a pillar. Michael Rizat. Have you ever read his book, uh, no. The Jersey Jabberwock? He's obsessed with this stuff. He wrote a book about going to find the Jersey Devil. That's awesome. I asked him about you. He saw your uh, trailer today. He's going to be watching your video. <laughs> yeah. What happened was I went. I I did the Jersey Devil f documentary with every intention on having it be the be all end all documentary. And my heart was never more really? into a project wow. into something. You know, I live in Jersey Devil Country and, and stuff. So so I I spoke with the mayor and he, he says, Call me back anytime. I'm like, Great. At that time. So I call him. He says, So what do you want me to do? I'm like, Well, sir, and I gave him my spiel again. He's like, Well, I need about ten thousand dollars for the first interview. And he was like being a real jerk to me. Whoa. And I'm like, Well well, sir, with all due respect, I don't I don't have a budget. You know, well, you know, you're wasting my time with all this stuff. Like, really arrogant with me. And I actually, uh, I actually mentioned it in the IMDb uh, trivia things. I, I, I mentioned his name and everything. And uh, I was gonna, I think I mentioned him in the credits too. Like I gave him an fu in in in, in the credits. But I, I said, well, to be honest, sir. I, even if I had that kind of money, he says, I'm on, I'm on the Discovery Channel and YouTube. Why am I going to waste my time with you? He's Dang. being a real jerk. Uh. And I said, look, even if I had a million dollars, I wouldn't get you. Go F yourself. And I hung up, and I, and I lost total interest in this film. But mm. now i got to finish it. So I, I had Manny Murtis, you know, great, great actor, good friend of mine, good Hamilton guy. He came to my house, went in my backyard. I said, tell me, tell me a story right here that you saw the devil. And I made, I wound up making a mockumentary out of it, and I'm really disappointed about the whole thing. Really? Yeah, you know, because my integrity, oh. I really, really wanted to be a staple of in the paranormal community. I had a great radio show; it was called the Dark Harvest Radio Program. Man, you went the total opposite route with this one. Yeah, and I, 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 I was all into this. I had a radio show that I started on Podbean back in the early 2000s. I was one of the first podcasters. And you paved the way for people like us. <laughs> and that got picked up 
by uh, I wound up buying airtime with a terrestrial station, and that wound up going to uh, an, a big internet station, and so I, so I wound up doing that. But you know, a, as of now, what what, I, what I'm doing right now is I'm starting a new podcast network called Sounds of Success Radio. Sounds of Success Radio. Sounds of Success. That's a great name. It's SOS. It's actually called SOS. <laughs> it's the SOS Podcast Love Network. Love it. And the SOS means Sounds of Success. Mm. And I got three shows on there. Um, Living Proof with Chris Flickinger, who's got a great story. He was almost killed in an accident and had to go through all this recuperation. And now you know, now he's um, his life couldn't be more better. And he's Living Proof, and he wants to show you how to do it. Mm. And I'm doing a show with Karen's called Couples oh. Retreat. We'll talk about anything from I the can Kardashians. Tell. I can tell. I just met her. She's going to be We're good. a team. <laughs> we're, we're a team. You guys are. You guys are like a dynamic duo over I, here. I got my own show, the Dan Morrow Show. And... I'm trying to get a, a fourth show going, so I, I'm doing that. I'm still doing the music. You can find me in Dover Downs every Thursday night. I'm in, I'm in Summers Point on the weekends. DanMorrow.com. That's the website you can just go to. And I also have to put out BiancasKids.org. It's a charity that I totally support, and it's just an amazing organization. And anything I do, I, I, I try to contribute as much as I can you know, financially to this organization. And what I can't contribute, I, I have to tell people about it mm. because it's just a great What's organization. What's it called again? Bianca's? Bianca'sKids.org. I'm going to check that out. It's a beautiful organization. I don't know if you've seen recently, there was a little boy who got to meet Carson Wentz and, and he was in a wheelchair and he, he's just crying, saying, you're my hero. And, and this meeting happened because of Bianca's Kids. It's, it's just a very good organization. All right. Yeah, awesome, it's a dude. shame we got to wrap up. What are we? I on know time? we're we're already like four minutes oh, over time. Man, I'm sorry, but like, no, dude, I'm saying we can have four hours literally. But <laughs> yeah. I don't think because because uh, I had questions for you. Oh, did you really? I did. Oh, darn man, how, how do you how do you say your last name? Saitels. Saitels. Let's do a speed round. Go. Okay. okay. How do you say your last name? Saitels. Saitels. Okay. Now this is what I do. This is called the final five. Okay. Quick day in your life. What do you do? What do I do? I'm a teacher. You wake up though. What's what's the course? What of do I do? Oh my life? god! I yeah. go through chaos. Got to get kids fed. Two of them changed. Three lunch boxes made. Showered. Teeth brushed. Get them out the door. Got to get myself ready. Got to get ready, ready, ready. It's madness. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, you get mad or get even. Mad then even. You get mad. Now what am I talking about? <laughs> Why? It's so fast. I don't have time to actually think about this. No, I usually don't give a crap, to be honest. I'm usually like, whatever. 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 <laughs> your greatest acquisition, not family related. Can't be your, oh, not your, my, my, my kids. Are right, some. right, right. Something I've received. Mm -hmm. um, well, your biggest acquisition, you, you're glad you bought this, or is, is your uh, Two acquisitions. Uh, can I give two? Yeah. Uh, being the uh, tag team champions in the NWA Florida, because <laughs> uh, those are the same tag tiles that Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair, all, all these people held. Uh, the other one would be uh, being not, uh, given an award for Teacher of the Year down in Florida. That wasn't like a big like government thing. That was just by teacher the, by parents who gave that to me. He says Florida. Yeah, Florida. <laughs> okay. he, he's he's allowed. He's allowed. I got to give props to Embellish too. If, oh yeah. Okay, little little Karen and, and Embellish her 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 company. Also, final question: When are you going to be doing the Dan Morrow show? I didn't know I had an invite to the damn <laughs> open invite. Open invite. I need. What are you doing later tonight? <laughs> Word. 
No, bro. Seriously, anytime you want to do anything, you let me know, All man. Right. Definitely. You're a real professional, and I'm learning a lot just from talking <laughs> to you, man. Ask me anything. If you have any questions and stuff, I'd well, be glad to help. Here's you. the thing. because I we, love what you got here. Thanks, man. You telling me – you said to me something the other day like about doing a, a pillar show with other people, and like I, I love that you think just, I just could do something. Just in general, that, yeah. That's cool, man. This has just been an awesome hobby for me, and like – uh, being able to talk to a dude like you who's a real professional entertainer, entertainer and hear these positive affirmations from you it means the world <laughs> to me. But I do have a million questions, but none of them can come from me. You get one from the chat pack. What's this? this is a chat pack right here. This is a chat pack is, right here. Good luck. In your opinion, which month of the year has the best aromas, October? You're so right. You want me to think about that? Or you want me to sit down and take my time to think about that? No. no it's, it's October. You got it. You got what, it. Boom. What's your favorite month of the year? October. Oct what month has this? October. Bro, can what I month get this month? month colorful? It's, it's coming on. Love it. Love it. It's the best month of the year. Exactly. Hands down. Um, <laughs> any shout outs before you get out of here? That's it. Wait a minute, dude. What? You can't get out of here. Uh-oh. You didn't. You're the only person who can't just leave after the shout outs. You are going to bless us with your performance. Well, well, you said we're short on time. Yeah, but we got time for this, brother. Could yeah. you tune up? I got to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come I'm back up. with the man. I'm tuned up. I'm professional. You got to drink. That's why I don't drink. I have to go, too. Yeah, okay. I'll show you where. Okay. okay. We'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Bathroom window protected by a silver spoon. And now she sucks her thumb and wanders by the banks of her own lagoon. Didn't anybody tell her? Didn't anybody see? Sunday's on the She'd always been a dancer She worked at 15 clubs a day Though she thought I knew the answer Well, I knew what I could not say So I quit the police department I Got myself a steady job She tried her best to help me She could steal But she could not rob Didn't anybody tell her Didn't anybody see 